The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his countenance was altered and his raiment became dazzling white. And behold, two men talked with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep but kept awake, and they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is well that we are here. Let us make three booths, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he said this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silence and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we look at the transfiguration for today, we know that the gift that the Lord gives to his disciples through this experience that they have is that he prepares them for his coming suffering, for his passion and for his death. He prepares them for the difficulties that they are about to undergo by giving them a glimpse of future glory, giving them a glimpse of the rewards. What comes after the suffering? Is there any purpose to what we go through here in this life? And so what we see in the first reading for today is the Lord takes Abram, this is before he becomes Abraham, given a new name by God. The Lord takes Abram and he is now going to make this promise to him, a promise of his future progeny, his future uh, generations that will come forth from him. And so he says, look towards heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. I found an interesting commentary, I, I think I might have mentioned it before, but at the end of this scene, you see that the sun goes down and it becomes dark, meaning that at the beginning of this scene, the sun is still up. And so when the Lord asks Abram to look into the sky and number the stars if he can, he's not able to see them because the sun is in the sky. And yet he knows confidently that the stars are there. Just as if we go outside, we can look up into the sky now and not see the stars, but we know that they are there. We know that there is also just an amount that cannot be numbered. And so also the Lord tells Abram to look up into the sky and see if he can number the stars. And so in a certain sense, it's a knowledge of something that is true and that is there. It's a knowledge of something that is there by faith. But also it is something that cannot be numbered. It is an abundant promise that is coming from God. And so also for us, 
we might not see with our visible eyes the future promise that the Lord will give to us in eternal life, but we know it by faith. We know by faith that his promises will be fulfilled. And so it is because of this that then when we look at the second reading for today from the letter of St. Paul, we see that he tells us not to be enemies of the cross, not to be at enmity with the cross. What Christ has done has turned suffering not into something that is now evil for us, but something that can bring great reward if it is united to the sufferings of Christ. And so whatever sufferings the Lord permits in our life, he also permits then sufficient grace to overcome them and to come through them. And then he also promises us an abundant reward for any trials or difficulties that we endure in union with the sufferings of his Son. And so we in this life are called, as Christ says, to take up our cross and follow him. A Christian can never be the enemy of the cross. A Christian has to take up their cross and follow after the crucified Christ. And so as the Lord then is moving towards his passion, and this moment is now coming closer at this scene in the gospel, his passion is not far away. And as he moves towards this suffering, he gives to his disciples, Peter, James, and John, in a certain sense, a glimpse of the future, a glimpse of what is coming in eternal life. He allows for a brief moment his glory to shine through his flesh. He allows for a brief moment his divinity to illuminate the top of that mountain. And so his disciples then, they see this glory. It is described as being dazzling white. In some of the other accounts, it says, as no fuller on earth could bleach them, meaning this whiteness, this brightness that is coming forth, this light that shines out of Christ has no earthly cause. It is from heaven and from his divinity. And we see something powerful and beautiful in Christ. He is able to move as freely amongst spiritual things as he is amongst earthly things because he is both divine and human. He is completely at home with us in his human nature just as he is completely at home with the Father in his divine nature. And then through his passion and death, what he is going to do is in suffering in his human nature, it will then be elevated and taken up into heaven and he will be seated at the right hand of the Father. And so his human nature will be glorified, glorified with his own glory that he has had with the Father from all eternity. And this glory shines out from him, from his face. In other accounts it says, like the sun. Because the sun is different from the moon. The moon only reflects light. The sun is the cause of its own light. And so with Christ himself as well, this radiance is caused by himself. And it shines through his face. The face is how we know the person. Sometimes you might be walking down the street and you see someone from behind and you think, oh, I think that might be so-and-so. But we're only confident once they turn around and we see their face. The face is the most powerful indicator of the person. It is how we associate personhood with a particular person, by their face. And so also this person of Christ, this divine son of the heavenly father, shines out through his human nature and his glory dazzles his disciples.
What's also beautiful to see is that they are almost then protected by the love of God in this experience. The Holy Spirit, this cloud that descended, that descended in the Old Testament upon the tabernacle to mark the presence of God. This same overshadowing that happened over Our Lady when the Lord became incarnate within her. Now this same overshadowing, this Holy Spirit, this cloud of God comes and descends upon Peter and James and John. And they are surrounded and taken up into the love of God. And as St. Ambrose points out, normally when something overshadows, it causes darkness. But when the Holy Spirit overshadows, as St. Ambrose said, he doesn't darken, but he enlightens and illumines. And so the disciples are illumined. In this overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, they hear the Father and they see the Son alone. It's an important line. They found Jesus alone, alone. He is now separated from Moses and Elijah, and he stands alone. He is not simply one of the prophets, he is the Son of God. He is not simply one of the leaders of the people, he is the King. And so once the Father has spoken and the Holy Spirit has overshadowed, Jesus stands out alone, the one single beloved Son of the Heavenly Father. And we are invited to be then united to him because he is different from all that have come before him and all that have come and will come after. He is from all eternity. He is the divine Son of the Heavenly Father. And he comes to us so that we might be united to him. And so while we are here at this Mass, we are taken up into the same mystery that we see today. We are overshadowed by the Holy Spirit when we come here in grace. We see the Son alone as he is here upon the altar and made present to us and we receive him and we are united to him. And here at the Mass, we participate in his passion and death. We participate in the, su in the sufferings of the Son in order that we might share in his sonship, that we might become adopted children of the Heavenly Father, and that we might one day share in the glory that shone out from his face on this mountain to his disciples. Amen.